Welcome to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Legendary Gear, the game call company that is a legend by design. Well, folks, we're getting closer to that October number. Bow hunting is going to start soon. We got back from Canada and slamming the honkers up there. We're going to be starting here in the States. But today we're going to be talking about something different. Just uh, going to be talking to an old friend that I haven't talked to in years. And uh, we're just kind of getting reacquainted and and talking about uh, old times and new times. and But anyway, it's a good friend of mine named Bill Hawk. Bill, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me, George. It's been a while. Bill's one of my Michigander buddies, and, and uh, we've done a couple TV shows, and we did uh, some hunting together. And Bill, you still doing the waterfowl thing, or you pretty much kind of changed speed? Uh, kind of changed speed a little bit. Um, you know, I still have that passion for it. Um, you know, I guided for 10 years back in the day and did a lot of, a lot of work and did a little pro staffing and, um, kind of wanted to change gears a little bit. Um, trapping has always been in the back of my mind. And of course, I wish I would have started this years ago, but I, I just, I took a chance and, and said, I want to get into trapping and I did it not for fur because I wanted to make money at it. I did it because for years and years, you know, we take, we, we, we shoot a lot of turkeys. We shoot a lot of ducks, geese, quail, pheasants, everything. And it dawned on me. It's like, I think it's time that we give back a little bit. I just, I just, I read a little bit. I watched a little bit on YouTube. Um, I just learned from the old school, man. And that's, that's what I love is the old school trappers. Now, a lot of the newer guys that are out doing it. And I, I follow a bunch of guys that trap. Um, there's a really cool guy in Iowa and Trapper Jay, all these guys, they get, they got it. They, I mean, they catch animals, but you can't catch animals where they don't live. So that brings me to woodsmanship. You know, back in the day before you and I had our trail cameras, which I'm as addicted to trail cameras as you are. I love them, man. It's Christmas morning. Jen and I will wake up in the morning. First thing we do. It's not, hey, good morning. It's whatever. She's on her phone checking her cameras. I'm checking mine. We're comparing. It's great. Um, But, you know, back in the day, we didn't have trail cameras. No. Do you remember the old string timer? Yeah. I was yeah. trying to explain that to somebody who had a string that pulled out of the clock. And, and it, of course, you don't know what animal did it, but you just know something went through that trail at exactly. 10 because it pulled the string out of the clock and stopped the clock. You bet. So it's like, Kind of like when you when you scout deer. If you you know your farm, you know, uh, depending on crop rotation or whatever, there really isn't any scouting you have to do. You just slam your cameras up in them pinch points or them food plots, and take inventory. Well, back in the day, what we have to do? We had to try to find some topo maps. Mm-hmm. We had to actually look at deer runs and and determine is that a feeding run or is that a bedding run? You know, right. where's their bedding? Where's their feeding? We actually had to work for it. So the reward was there. I'm looking at anything that I do, whether it's goose hunting, duck hunting, turkey hunting, any of that. For me, it's to it's the production part of it, not the produce. It's it's planning the garden, it's planning the food plot. It's not about the kill for me. It's right. that whole preparation. I'll tell you what, I, I don't get, I, you'll never see me so excited when it's time to start dipping traps and boiling traps and waxing them. And I love that part. Oh, you, do all, you do all that, huh? I do all of it. I do it all myself. And I actually, 
the other day. I think you called me the other day and I missed your call. I was outside at my walnut tree picking walnuts up because I dip my traps in walnut hulls. I let them turn black and then I boil them and that's my dye. Really? Yep. Turns them black. As long as, yep. I clean all my traps with vinegar. I put them all in buckets with vinegar, two gallons per whatever, fill it up till it fills the top of the bucket, let them sit for a week. And it takes all, it cleans them off. It takes all the rust off. Then I hang them and I'll take vinegar again once they dry and I'll spray them traps down. Just lightly mist them traps. And what that does, it creates rust. Well, anytime you dye a trap, whether it's logwood or, or, you know, they've got other full metal jacket dips, they got all kinds of stuff. You got to have them traps, a light coating of rust for that blackness, that dye to adhere to. So it's a big process, but man, do I love it. Like, again, it's the production, not the produce. It's the does that uh, stink the traps up the vinegar that the animals? No, because you're gonna you're gonna end up dyeing them after that. So the dye, what the dye does, it actually takes a lot of the scent away to make them scent free. Uh -huh. I I use gloves, and then I have a pot that's full of hard wax. I heat it up on a turkey fryer, and I dip all my traps in there. Now it puts a coat on there. One, it's another scent prevention and two it stops them from rusting in the ground and then you've got you know michigan <laughs> you know michigan we it's in the winter it's it's freeze thaw freeze thaw freeze thaw rain snow you name it cats dogs doesn't matter trapper's worst nightmare is freezing and thawing uh, so you really? go in you go in you put your traps in the ground and everything's great, but I have what's called wax dirt. I mean, you've probably heard of wax dirt. They actually take, we take dirt out of barns. That's probably some of your driest dirt. We spread it out. We heat it up. Get any moisture that's in there. We sprinkle wax in there and we mix it. So what it does is that wax adheres to that dirt, every single grain. Now it's waterproof. So when we bed them traps and cover them up where you can't see them, if it rains or snows or thaws, I use flake antifreeze too. And your traps won't freeze in the ground. If they freeze wow. in the ground, they can sit there and do a jig on there and it'll never go off. Hmm. So there is a science behind it. And once you get past all that and figure it out, you know, most guys that coyote trap don't go into the winter when we get snow. It gets covered up in snow. They freeze thaw. Not me. I keep going. It's not going to beat me. There's no way I'm trying. Well, I'm trying not to let Mother Nature beat me, but she does once in a while. But I keep going because that's the personality I have. I keep going, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And to catch a coyote in the snow where it was buried, and you're thinking, how did that dog smell that bait? It's been in there for two weeks under snow. They smell it. Trust me. So. Yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of a whole lot to it, but really, once you get the once you get the knack down, it's not much. It's fun. I mean, there's basics that I mean, no matter what style you got, there's basics that no sure. got to start with. Do you ever try the snares? Do you ever try snaring them? I have not tried it. I have not tried it. Um, actually, yes, I take that back. A friend of mine, Cole, he um, we set a few up. Um, I just had trouble with deer. I, you know, you got to, in Michigan, you got to have deer stops on it so it doesn't grab the leg so they can be released. Um, I, 
I just really never got into the snares. I still love putting iron in the ground. There's something about it. And I'd, I'd love for everybody just to, just to try it, just see what it's like. And I mean, just dog proofs, go catch you a couple coons. And, and it's the feels, best time of year. When's the best time of year to trap? I would say it's, you know, it's hard because it, because coyote season and raccoon season comes in October and I'm like, Oh, some of my trapping spots are some of my deer spots. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to hold off. I like, I like, as long as the weather permits, I like mid November to the end of November, like in that area, all the way till March. Um, I really like catching raccoons in February, you know, Michigan, we get that thaw. Well, in February and March, that's when raccoons will, that's when their, uh, the rut comes on. So what happens is those, those sows, those females have been in trees. They've been denning. They all den, but they don't full hibernate. You know, if it's 20 degrees for a week straight, they'll den up and they won't even come out. But that day that you get that 35 and it gets down low thirties at night, they're on the prowl. So your big males, your, your boars, that's when you catch most of your boars figuring out where their den sites are because they're going to go from tree to tree to tree to find that sow so she so he can breed that sow so if you really want to target and 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 slow the production of raccoons having babies that's the time to do it because your catch ratio is probably out of let's say a hundred hundred coons in between february and march i would say 80 of them are going to be boars Wow. And, you know, it's just like a, a whitetail buck. One buck will go breed 10, 15 does, no problem. Well, that's the same thing with that that male coon. So I like to really target, you know, target them them boars because it just slows the, you know, the production down. Here's so. right live trapping the coyotes. I mean, I see you here at the our hardware stores and stuff. They got the big live traps for the coyotes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always thought about that. It'd be kind of cool. But where I trap, I'd end up catching the neighbor's dog or something, <laughs> which, you know, as a trapper, that's a, that's like, that's like a huge nightmare. I mean, that's oh, something that I don't, I don't ever want to catch a, a dog. Um, I have caught house cats and I've released them, um, but I don't want to catch a dog, but the big, I tell you what, man, it only takes once for that trap, that live trap only takes once for that animal or an animal that's with them to have a bad experience with it or figure it out and they ain't going in it. There's uh, no, they are uh, something. When I lived there in Erie, of course we had those two hunt clubs in our backyard and there used to be a guy, he was my neighbor actually, but he would trap the crap out of that. There was a lot of musk, guys did a lot of muskrat trapping. Muskrat was real big, you know, yep. eating turtles and muskrat and he'd have his muskrat traps all over that. And, but he would stake and paint the stakes Yep. So guys are back there waterfowl hunting and stuff, you know, always knew to keep their dogs away from that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Joe with uh, Point Malay, I think that, of course, when, whatever they trap, the trappers are supposed to report, you know, their, their trap. I, one year I thought he told me that they trapped like 17,000 muskrats out of Point Malay. Wow. I, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. That's a lot of muskrats, dude. Yeah. Muskrats. There was uh when you had Kyle on your show here, he was talking about that that hunt that they did. It was like 20, it was a 24-hour raccoon hunt. And I think there was 12 teams of two or three, and they killed almost a thousand 
coons in one night. You're kidding me. I think it was down in Mississippi. I think Mossy Oak had something to do with it or something like cuz Strickland. I think he, I follow cuz and he, he put it on his Instagram and I was like a thousand in one night. Wow. Like that's gotta tell you something, you know, it, 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 there is no question in my mind and I'll argue it forever that raccoons, possums and skunks are the reason for our turkey numbers being low our pheasants, our quail, our ducks, our geese. You know, yeah. look out at the prairie pothole region in North Dakota. That place hasn't changed other than maybe it dries up. Look at the predator population. Look at the raptors, okay? Yeah. So like hawks and owls and this and That's that. That's another bad thing. Owls is a, the raptors are a big sore thumb for me here too because I know yes. they tear up a lot of rabbits. I've watched them, the owls and hawks get right on these fence posts. And of course, you as you drive, and especially in the spring and early summer, the quail and their babies and the pheasants and their babies would be all in those ditches. I would pull up and could see quail running when we had a good population. Yeah. And of course, they're out on the edge eating all that grit. Well, them owls would get right up on those telephone poles, dude, yeah. and just sit there and just smoke and clean. Yeah, I, I I don't understand. Like I I hunted I hunted Kentucky, uh, turkey hunted with Kyle when Kyle lived down there, and I'll never forget it. We went down in this. It was a leased property, but we went down in between two woods. You know how Kentucky is. It's got that, you know, that cut out, and you got wood high ridges on each side. I have never heard so many owls in my entire life. It yeah. was it sounded like the Grand National hooting contest i was like kyle i mean those are those are owls i mean he goes oh yeah he goes that's nothing i'm like are you kidding there shouldn't be a rabbit or a squirrel or a pheasant you wonder how the turkeys survive right and yeah. you know what people don't realize george and i and i don't know if you know this I, I would imagine that you do it takes i think it's 13 or 18 days for a turkey poult to be able to roost and once it's past that 13 or 18 days, I mean, let's just call it 13, their numbers, their percentage it goes up of surviving. But 13 days, think about what can happen in 13 days. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, I mean, on the ground, it, what's in the air? Right. They're more protected in that air or in the tree than they are anything. Not to say that a coon won't attack or go up a tree and kill a turkey, a, a pulse, because it will. I mean, I tell you, raccoons are nasty. Yeah. I mean, they're the Mike Tyson of critters. That's no question. They will, they'll stand right up and they they won't back down. It gets to go. They just gets to go. Yeah. And you know, you've mentioned this too on when you I heard you on the, the Lee and Tiffany uh podcast. I dude, I I binge watched every single one of your podcasts. Oh, I loved, awesome. loved every one of them. And it's you mentioned that it is the middle people. The ones that don't know, that don't understand, those are the ones that you got to target, you know, and talk to them and educate them, and especially kids. I mean, you could take a kid on a, on a raccoon trap line with dog proofs and fully understand Jen's daughter went out on a, on a run with me one night. And I use a, I use a 177 pellet gun. I don't use my 20, once in a while I'll take a 22 short, but that's how I dispatch my, my coyotes, my coons, everything. The pellet gun. With a pellet gun, a strong one. It's it's got some oomph behind it. You don't like want the noise or what? Yeah, that and it's just it's not so invasive, I guess. You know, I know guys that shoot them with nine millimeters. You know, well, I don't want to 
I don't want to haul that thing out if it's all, you know, a turkey is bad enough when you go slinging him over your shoulder and you can't even sit in your truck seat, you know. Um, but I took her out on a run and I said, her name is Kylie. And I said, Kylie, do you want to dispatch one? And she had already killed a buck. I took her out and she killed her first deer with a bow. And I said, you want to do it? And she said, yeah, I'd love to. Because she, she's been around it for a few years now seeing it. And she actually dispatched a couple of them that we caught at Kyle's and it never bothered her because she was educated on it. You know, I mean, they got to go, <laughs> you know? So, but she, that was one of her proud moments. I'm like, that a girl, you know, and it's not about murdering it. It, you just dispatch it humanely, get it done, get it over, reset the trap and let's go check them tomorrow. I, did, yeah. I like to murder them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to murder him. You know, I, I, I did a I did a, a thing up in Yorkton, Canada, one year with Tim Wells, and got to be pretty good friends. But listen to him telling stories, and and we were staying in this nice cabin, and um, we was talking about um, in this when you were talking their mating season, whatever it's February, and the boards are looking for. He has a uh, there's a, a a call. It is a like a growling noise that raccoons yeah. do, but it just pisses raccoons off. Oh yeah. yeah. And they have their spotlights and they come in running all the time. And he's talking about how he did he took his buddy out there, you know, and they had these raccoons and just <laughs> raccoon come out and yeah. he shut the light off. <laughs> you know, and I did the a friend of mine, Joe Davis, he was on a um he was on a predator team where they did team hunts at night. I mean, it was competitive, big money, you know? And I said, Joe, I want to, I want to try the coyote hunting thing at night. You know, they got the ARs and they got the bog pods and they got the, you know, all the, the, the thermals and this, and I mean, this, I mean, you talk about fun. This was, but we were up until five in the morning and, and you know, by that time I was like a zombie drinking monster energies, just trying to stay on earth. And I'll never forget. He goes, you want to see something really cool? And we were out in the middle of this hay field and there were deer out there. And at that time it was like summer. So you could see the velvet in the buck's antlers. And dude, we seen some bombers. I mean, the monsters come out at night and he goes, check this out. So he had his call and he had it like 50 yards from us. Actually, no, he had it closer to us. He brought it to us and he did a fawn distress. Oh no. That was a bad idea. These does, these white-tailed does, I mean, they come screaming in. And I was like a little girl. Like, ah. shut that thing off, man. And, I mean, they come running at us. You know, they heard that fawn distress. Creeps you out. I mean, you've done the night hunting thing, too. And it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. It's, so, a different, it's a different level at night than trying to hunt during the day and, and stuff. I mean, of course, you get us to get away with so much more because, you know, they're – they're just uh what do you want to say that the odds against them they're kind of handicapped you know they got they still got their nose and you still have to watch the wind and everything but the biggest thing is their eyesight and, I, and i'm sure yeah they can see better than we can in the dark but not with that thermal they can't no and, that thermal i use that that i use that thermal the first time he's like here it's just a handheld one you put it up to your right eye left eye whatever and you look and there was this big, long hay field. It was probably 400 yards long, and they just cut it. And I said, Joe, you know, you're trying to be quiet. I said, Joe, what are those white dots out in that field? He goes, those are field mice. I said, get out of here. He said, are you serious? So he goes, yeah, those are field mice out in the middle of that field. He goes, that's why the coyotes are out here. They're mouse. Oh, yeah. 
So I was scanning, you know, and, you know, I'm trying to make it, you know, trying to make it fun. And I'm like, dude, you know, I'm going to scan the edge of that woods and I'm going to see Bigfoot standing there or something. You got guaranteed. <laughs> but yeah, that night vision stuff, man, it's, it, it lights up the night. You know, I've always told people, I said, nighttime is the same as daytime. It's just dark out. That's it. Nothing changes, but your nocturnal animals come out, you know, and to see mice 300 yards away in a field. That's unreal. Uh, it's crazy I mean, to me, yeah. you know, and Saskatchewan. And um, of course I, they had huge coyotes up there and we saw bear. And so I, I thought one night it'd be awesome. To, my wife and I and B to go out and, and cause he shot a wolf uh, right off the back of the oh. property right there, right off the back deck. It was crossing road. And of course that's where he was hunting elk. But they're, I don't think they were the timber wolves. And it might be, they said they weren't quite as big as like the timber wolf, but, right. the wolf. but uh, I wanted to go. I said, man, it'd be awesome. I'd like to take die out and we'd see if we can call up a, you know, coyote or a wolf. to uh -huh. shoot. And he says, you know what? It's, it's really stupid. Of course, it, there's a lot of things that Canada has with their leader that doesn't make sense, but the uh, non-resident person with all the predators now you know that they have the non-resident person can't go up there and shoot a coyote or a wolf yeah and that part it's, of Saskatchewan I can't yeah I go you mean to kill me I can't go out here and shoot a freaking coyote that's killing your deer nope that's 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 crazy yeah I heard I heard that I heard that you know I looked in on some hunts out in like um Idaho for wolf hunts they're not cheap they yeah. are not, they're not a cheap hunt, but man, is it cool to hunt? You know, they, they howl at them. They figure out where they're at and this and that. And I've watched a lot of wolf hunts on YouTube and, you know, it just, it's crazy. You know, I mean, those things are around you and you don't even know it, you know, other than snow, you see their tracks, you know, I've only Do seen one a, wild wolf and that was in the UP. Do you have a season in the UP yet? Do they have where you can hunt them? No, no, we oh. had it. We had it for a minute, and it was a draw system. And then, of course, you know, Michigan, being Michigan, they put an axe to it, and and that's it. So, but I, I really wanted to get in on that. That would have been amazing. I don't know how many. It, it was a long time ago, but 15, 20 years. It's a long time ago. I used to go up there every year, the first two weeks of November, to bow hunt in Iron River, and that was Iron County. <clears throat> and there's times, you know, you get a ton of snow and. And everything but i loved it because i you know wasn't going to shoot the big bucks that you see in the farmland but i love the serenity and i love going somewhere i didn't have to worry about someone stepping over and you know you we had our topo maps and we hunt a lot of the federal forest up there but i'll never forget my we had two vehicles my buddy was hunting at another spot and of course i had a mile walk at least to where i was hunting where i parked the truck back in but i'll never forget i i came in and i drove and we're the road came this way and we're on a t and he's parked on the t and i come this way and i pull around and i get out of the truck and we're talking to him and it's dark and it's lightly snowing so the headlights are shining if his headlights are shining into the woods and the snow looks like little diamonds and as we're talking i looked and i said dude dude, dude look there's some eyes coming at us and you just coming towards the road and that sucker came out right in the road probably 40 yards from me and it was a wolf of course, I, him and I didn't know there was wolves there at the time. We, we seen the coyotes, but there's right. no doubt this was a wolf. And I don't forget, we went into town and, and uh, talked to one of the guys there. And, oh, yeah, he, they were all pissed off. You know, the DNR turned some wolves up there, but he just had a presence. It's like I would never want to meet him. 
No, I can't imagine running into a pack of them. Right. And usually if you see one, there's usually more, you know, if you see a cat mount lion, typically, unless it's a breeding pair, they're, they're pretty much solo, you know, like these guys that go to Africa and hunt these, the lion, like, I, I just can't do it. They scare me. They, I mean, they literally, (laughs) they can eat me. me. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I mean, for the most part, you know, anywhere, typically this this side of you know illinois or whatever i mean we don't we don't have we have bears and we have yeah. our wolves but for the most part you know it's like national geographic has made it seem like there's a grizzly bear behind every single tree in yellowstone park well i was at yellowstone it was beautiful it was awesome <laughs> we didn't see a grizzly bear behind every tree you know so people get scared of it it's kind of like sharks you don't want to get bit Stay out of the water. Yeah, the water. It's like, uh, like you said, the lions. I've watched uh, some of that stuff on YouTube, and YouTube's got some wild hunts. But those lion attacks, and they are so powerful, and they come, you know, in, in the high weeds, and you got, and they'll come out of those weeds so fast. And these yeah. guys turn and trying to shoot, and it reminds me. First time I went to Yellowstone, I was about 18 years old and I was talking to the park ranger because I was with my uncle and we were going to do a lot of backpacking. And, you know, he, he was talking. First thing I'm asking, you know, I'm, I'm grizzly crazy. What I do is a grizzly here. What am I going to do when I come on a grizzly? Well, you talk in a monotone voice. Don't try to run. He says, you know, you, you'll not run them. That'll entice the attack. And he says, best thing to do is, is talk in a monotone voice. And I said, well, the only thing I can think of if I walk up on a grizzly is our father who art in heaven. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And those guys that go on those grizzly hunts, you know, they always say bring a pistol, a big one, you know, 460, 500, and they have five rounds and they say, have four for the bear and one for yourself. There you You go. They're so fast. Or have a guy that's slower than you. (laughs) Yes. Or trip him and then (laughs) Yeah. So luckily we don't have, you know, a lot here. I mean, we don't have anything that's going to really bother you, but it's still in the back of your mind. You know, as they reveal more things about the the mountain lions, I really don't want to see one. I don't want one around me, you know, so I do a lot of of micro hunting, you know, for my whitetails, you know, I've been really, I've been really successful. I'm, I'm a big fan of seek one and, and all those guys. And, you know, a lot of people think you need 800 acres to kill a big whitetail, and but I micro hunt. Some of my biggest deer have been on 0.9 acres, not even an acre, hmm. four acres, 11 acres. You know, I, I'm a food plot junkie. I bought a Kubota tractor with a tiller on the back, brand new, just four food plots. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's the production, not the produce, man. It's just I love doing it. Well, it's the same. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, it didn't take long to figure out that the guys here who are putting in the food, it's all about the having the food. If you have the food, especially in the late season, you know, you can get by, you can have an area, you know, if you hold some does and, and have a chance during the rut. But when it gets cold, I mean, if you don't have a food source, your neighbor's going to have the deer. Yeah. And, and that's the way it, you know, exactly right. My favorite spot I had were in Garden Grove. It was my place when I first came out here. I leased it for like 10 years. Uh, seven years straight and killed a nice buck every year and it's just man there was a lot of good bucks in that county it's decatur county and the landowner would leave me a little bit of beans up and corn and dude if you had soybeans standing in, in december that is, is like the crack cocaine oh of, 
practicing the deer. Then all of a sudden, the guy who owned the land west of me, he sold his 350-acre piece to these guys out of Wisconsin that paid almost $2 million for that, just a deer hunt. And then they put in uh, beans and corn and left it up. They just left all of it up. Mm-hmm. So the first year when they moved in, I just, there went my deer. Yeah. You know, we're, we're bordered up, but that's one of those that your neighbor just, you know, the pecker measuring contest, he was a little bit bigger and carrying and having the deer. So yeah. it, it's about food sources and, you know, I hooked up with domain and when I started putting food plots out here and, you know, I'm trying different things. What's killed us though, is that uh, we've had this drought for two years. So again, this year on my food plot, you know, we want to get turnips, radishes and kale and this mixture in, but if I would have, uh, it would have burned up. Yeah, so, I started using I I started using um, domain this year. I thought I'm gonna try it, I, dude. I they got something right. I yeah. use I can't remember which I can't remember which it's it's a mix of uh, Dakin radishes and purple top, and I have pictures on my phone of like time lapse. Is, is it what they call their big and sexy? Yes, that's exactly what it is, dude. That's I'll tell I you right now, it is amazing and what i love about it is it's not a buck on a bag you know it's not all this advertising whatever that it when you look in the you look at the bottle and it's like that's pure that's pure seed there's no crap in it there's it's pure seed it's pure whatever i want my wife took them down i had a bunch of the jugs up here because we put we put uh goose guts in it and stuff like that you know our um for the calls yeah. and accessories. What you need to do sometime, buddy, you need to start, start a YouTube channel and start doing filming yourself, doing your trapping, running yeah. your lines, and, and have something. You know what? It is neat to the next generation of teaching the old way, and and you need to do that. You need yeah. to get yourself on it. I thought a lot about doing it, you know, and I, if I do it, I want to – I just want to do it as simple to where people can understand it and they can it fall in love with it like I did. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to shoot ducks. I love to shoot geese. I love hunting, period, fishing. But I want to teach it in a way that isn't confusing. Right. You know, there's a lot of things out there that have just everyone's trying to recreate the wheel and it's been overplayed. But yeah, it's trapping is amazing. Overplayed. Absolutely. Just yep. keep it simple. All right, Bill, I appreciate you spending your time and and spreading your knowledge on. All right, folks, I hope you like this. You subscribe to it and you can go to bill.hawk412 at gmail.com and have some guys email you, reach out. Young guys are thinking about getting into trapping. Bill's got a lot of knowledge, just not into trapping, but deer hunting, waterfowl. So anyway, Bill, I appreciate it. All you folks out there, remember, hunt safe, hunt smart, and may the good Lord be your guide. That's a wrap. Well, I'll be out there, rain is shining, all a part of the great design. Bring it on, I can never get enough. Because that's what legends are made of.